0: Christmas and Happy Holidays, everybody! This is Will from Elwood City Limits and welcoming you to our final recording of the year 2019. That's right, it's me and Lucas separate this time. We're going to be talking about Arthur Season 8. Hard to believe that we are this far into Arthur. And you guys are still listening. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, thank you very much for joining us today. This is going to be coming out around Christmas Day. So, Merry Christmas, a final... Uh, Little gift from us to you. It's been a great holiday season especially considering how much we've been able to record. Uh, So and I certainly hope yours is going well too. So today Lucas and I are going to be talking about our overall thoughts on season eight of Arthur and uh, we're going to be giving our top five of the season. Now, usually I hand this off to Lucas, but I want to do one thing before we do that. And it seems that there was one email that Santa Claus forgot at ElwoodCityLimits at gmail.com. And I want to read that quickly because it's from friend of the show, Anna, uh, who wishes us well this winter. Anna just felt like writing in after the episode's Flea to Be You and Me and Kiss and Tell. Although I agree with you two about the weakness of the Flea episode, I loved Will's voice impressions of Pepe and the bird on the hippo. They really cracked me up and brightened my drive to work. Always like a good Will voice impression. Well, thank you, Anna. You might be the only one, but that's why why I'm glad that you're listening, and that's why I read this email. (laughs) No, no, I'm kidding. Eh, Only kind of. The main reason I'm writing is because of the character Emily. I believe very early in the podcast history, I wrote in talking about how much I dislike Emily, so I feel vindicated. She's not totally irredeemable. There's a really great Emily Binky episode in season 13, but she's still one of my least favorites. The thing about Emily is that while she's kind of unpleasant, she's really well observed from a little girl's perspective. I think every little girl has that frenemy girl her own age, who always seemed to be a little richer, have the slightly better toys, and always acted a little bit better or more mature than you. I had one of these friends when we were seven or eight, and she was already obsessed with kissing, makeup, and getting a boyfriend. I was definitely more in the DW spectrum and was grossed out by that stuff, and would have much rather done cannonballs in the pool for four hours. I remember once when I stayed over at her house, we watched Titanic when it had just come out on video, and she sobbed and sobbed over how cute Leonardo DiCaprio was and how she could never have him while I sat in the corner, disaffectedly eating nachos. I guarantee every woman you've met ever met probably had a friend like this, Growing up too, I should ask my wife about that. And uh, yeah, well, it turns out that uh, probably didn't want Leonardo DiCaprio in the end anyway. Considering you know, today, anyway, keep up the good work, guys, and Merry Christmas. That is from Anna. Thanks, Anna. I wanted to make sure we got that in before the end of the year, so you didn't have to wait too long. Speaking of waiting too long, we're not going to have to wait to hear Lucas's thoughts on season eight. Uh, so here's how it's going to go. Lucas is going to give us his top five and his overall feelings. Uh, we're going to take a short break and then we're going to come back to me and my office update, apparently. <laughs> All right. So, Lucas, love to hear what you have to say. Take it away.
1: Oh, oh, oh. Adjusting my levels. Merry Christmas, boys and girls. It's Lucas here from Elwood City Limits. It's the part of the cycle where we run down. My top five favorite episodes of season eight. First, a little bit of my overall thoughts of season eight. Um, Not great. Probably my least favorite season of Arthur yet. Um, That's not to say it was all bad. Uh, There's definitely some highlights. Taking a look at my list, my top five list right now. Um, But usually it's not too hard to kind of have a full top five of just kind of exemplary episodes. Maybe there'll be one or two, but at least your top three are rock solid. Really, really... Only one episode in this batch is one I feel really, really good about and would consider an all-time classic. The rest are just kind of the best of what we got. Um, hoping that the next season is kind of a return to form. But, of course, the show is always fun to do regardless. Coming up at number five is Almost Cheating. It's not really a traditional Arthur episode. It's Postcards from Buster. Um, this is one of those ones where it was almost as fun to talk about the episode as it was to watch it th- itself with Will. Um just getting, I love a travel log, I love, you know, the modern travel travel vlog, if you will, um, and getting to get to see New York in Buster's eyes, uh, and also the way, there was a lot of interesting stuff, like the way that, that people would address the camera as if they were talking to Buster, that was always fun, uh, Dr. De La Vega is now an all-time Arthur moment for me, uh, and this was just, it's, it's great to watch, for the same reason Parts Unknown with Anthony Bourdain is great to watch, just, you, you are envious of Buster, you want to, eat the food he's eating. You want to see the places he's seeing. Um, And it was a nice change of pace, really. Uh, I I really enjoyed it. Number four is, is it Frankenstein's monster? Frankenstein's monster? I think it's Frankenstein's. Uh, This was uh, a rare Fern episode. Uh, It was fun to see sort of Fern gross out all the kids and then um, it's kind of, you could look at it with the release of that new Star Wars movie. You kind of can, uh, can look at it as a meta commentary on people trying to create stories by committee. Cause when the kids try to write the scary story and workshop it, it becomes really, really w- a lot worse. Um, so I thought that was fun as well. Definitely on my list of favorite episodes of this season three and two are both binky episodes with number three being thanks a lot binky. This was another episode where, um, It's almost on my list, not just because of the episode, but because of the conversations that me and Will had about it. It was fun to watch, uh, or rather, fun to have disagreements with Will on whether Binky was exhibiting her behavior or not, and and whether he was being a snitch or a good friend, and you know, some viewers might say, uh, in some cases, it's one in the same. But not me! I am uh, uh, a big anti-Binky in this episode, which is an interesting place to be, in all honesty, so... Uh, thanks a lot, Binky. Uh, definitely a unique one. Always nice to see Rattles again. Um, and uh, a pretty highlight dream sequence for this season. Number two is one of my favorite pairings. This is always going to be high on my list whenever they do this. It's, it's DW and Binky in DW, Dancing Queen. Nice to see both sides of both characters and seeing them work together. It's just always a winning combination. Uh, big fan of that episode. And number one, we just talked about it. Maybe I have a little bit of uh, um, you know, timing bias just because we just watched it, but I think it's got to be Bleep. Uh, I, it's certainly the episode that made me laugh the most this season. I think it's the episode this season that if you're an adult going back to the show, it's the most watchable. Um, and it's just the, the, the episode that I felt wholly the most positive about all season long. Really big fan of Bleep. Um, only episode from season 8 I'm like, you have to run out and see for yourself because it's just an all-time Arthur episode uh, yeah, so that's my top 5 um, and if it seems like this one's been more brief than previous years it's because there's not a lot to say about season 8 besides, you know, I hope uh, hope they up their game with season 9 anyway, that's Lucas, happy new year, happy Hanukkah happy uh, Merry Christmas and a crazy Kwanzaa uh, to all the listeners out there, excited to talk about season 9 in the new year
0: Welcome back to Elwood City Limits, everybody. I just spent the previous couple of seconds sneezing, so I'm all cleared out and ready to go. No, I'm not sick, but just probably a little bit of dust in the room. Season 8 of Arthur. As I've mentioned a couple of times, this was the very last season that I watched on TV. If you remember from way back in the beginning of the show, I started watching Arthur the very first episode when it aired in, oh, brother, uh, 1996. 1996. Yeah, yeah. It uh, makes me feel pretty old. So from 1996 until 2003, so from when I was about six years old to when I was 13, I watched Arthur uh, weekly, and whether it was a rerun or a new episode, I watched them all. And then it was around then I stopped watching that kind of stuff. I, I think this was also around the last time that I stopped watching Power Rangers. Power Rangers was also every single series from the original to it was Time Force. Time Force was the last one, and uh, Wild Force came on, and I remember watching the first episode and just kind of being like, I'm kind of done with this, and that was that was kind of when I started to hit puberty. That's when I was uh, looking to different things. I was getting into rock music and uh, video games and... Girls and all that kind of stuff, you know, just really turning into, uh, really turning into a teenage boy and uh, being as awful as you'd imagine. Uh, so yeah, Arthur season nine, complete mystery to me. But eight was the last one that I ever saw originally, and this one was, well, I uh, we'll start off by saying it was a bit of a weird one, um. I hate to go back on something that I've been saying because when I come back to these season recaps and I'm like, what have I been asking for? Because I feel like for there was there's probably a run of a couple of these recaps and you can go back and listen as well where I was like, I want these I want these I want these episodes to get weirder. I want them to get a lot weirder. You know, I want them to take advantage of being like off the wall because when Arthur started out, it was very much um talking about, you know, typical kid problems. And those episodes were good. I like those episodes. But then after a while, it's just like, okay, we, we don't have to get so typical. We can start to like really beef this up a little bit. And so, yeah, they did. They did start to get weirder. And now I'm kind of like, I missed the down-to-earth episodes. So really, I th- the problem kind of is with me. I don't know what I want. But I guess no matter what, whether it's off the wall or whether it's down-to-earth, I would like them to be interesting. Um. I would also like them to be compassionate, which Arthur often is. And I would like them to be memorable in one way or another. We did get some of those this uh, this season. But unfortunately, there's a lot of episodes that I just kind of have no use for. Didn't do much for me, or I just didn't like. So the ratio of kind of thumbs in the middle to thumbs down, I feel, is a lot higher than some other seasons. There have been some other ones where... I'm just going to get to the end. I'm like, yeah, that wasn't so good. And this one kind of feel the same way, but there were some high spots definitely. And I'll be getting to that in just a little bit here, but they definitely decided to get weird with it. If you looked at episodes like bugged or Sue Ellen chickens out or, um, you know, or Flea to be you and me, for goodness sake, that episode was hardly about an Arthur character. Um, they really did try to go outside the box and it works sometimes. And other times, nah, not really. It's, I mean, you know, watching this show for kids, uh, sometimes they get a little kiddie, which is okay. You know, I, that's what I accepted when I decided to do this for a living. Uh, so I can't be too mad at that. But it's also like, well, you know, trying to go back to this. It's not not often the most—I guess it's it's almost— it's not worse but it's it's something when arthur is genuinely interesting for me to watch and then i'm like why can't it be like that all the time but they were writing for an audience at a certain time and it it just can't be like that all the time you can't always have those blow away kids episodes of children's television as much as you know reviewers and stuff like that will ask like well why can't every episode be challenging to kids or why can't it always like teach them something important it's just like sometimes you just got to speak at their level and that's what they want right now so you can't just always have a children's show be something that they'll appreciate when they're older sometimes they kind of appreciate it now which is why you know when you watch children's tv and it's like well this is well this is hardly uh, uh high class entertainment it's just like yeah it's written it's written for kids and it, we we don't want to uh, assume kids are unintelligent or talk down to them all the time, but you know it's also not like uh rocket science here. We're not trying. We're not trying to be philosoph- philosophize to kids. They only have so much brain space, so you can still. And I think that's what Arthur's always been really good at. It's been good at putting messages in where it seems natural, and it doesn't seem like it grinds the episode to a halt, and it. Um, It leaves an impact, as we've been seeing. Now going into Season 9, I have no idea what to expect. Um, I know that there's a couple of episodes here and there that I'm aware of, but I'm looking at the list of all of these titles, and I I have no idea. I really don't know. So we will have to see as we get on into that. Overall, Season 8, I guess I would say, very uneven, um the good was good but when it was not good I really didn't like it. So I there's a lot of these that I would never watch again. It's funny when I think about when I say that, you know, sometimes I use that in my uh you know end of episode evaluations of an episode I'll be like, "Well, I'm never going to watch this again." It's actually very rare that I rewatch an Arthur episode, but a lot of times I'll be like I want to go back to this episode of the podcast, and I know that's a little self-serving, but it's uh, it's a way to get the good feelings of the episode while also going back and listening to Lucas and I talk about it, which I like hearing Lucas talk about Arthur, and I like hearing my own voice because I'm incredibly vain. So uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, there's a better chance I'll go back to the episode of the podcast, and you have that option as well, but I would also encourage you if, if there's an Arthur episode you like to watch again and again, you can certainly do that. Okay, so my top five of the season. We always like to rank our five favorite episodes, and this one was actually pretty easy because the ones that stood out to me positively were easy to find. So number five, this one was kind of tough, but I went with Big Horns George. Uh, We talked about it just recently this month on the podcast, but what I like about it is that it takes a subject that kids likely know very little to nothing about And kind of educates them, and it's the blues. It's a very children's introduction to it, of just, like, Lucas and I, or Lucas, talked about how, you know, the blues is not something that anybody can make, and it's really about, it really is about, like, being sad and being depressed and, like, your feelings on that, but... As a child, you're understanding it. Children don't have as much of an understanding as of those kind of bigger existential feelings. So it's a fine kind of roadmap to at least have them halfway understand the blues. And I love the uh, guest performances from Taj Mahal and Coco Taylor. And I love a George-focused episode. He's got a pretty good voice on him. This one was fun. And uh, I actually, I also really like the title, Big Horns George. Arthur Snowbiz finds its way at number four. This one I just thought was a really funny uh, concept. And, I, and of course, in a season where there were a lot of episodes where Arthur wasn't the focus, I find an Arthur-focused episode to be kind of a rare gem uh, within, the, within the pile. There was a lot of fun ways that they kind of one-upped each other, and it reminded me of having to shovel out snow, which now seems more of a reality than ever. But thankfully, my wife and I live in an apartment, so our amount of time shoveling is uh, much less than it used to be for me living in a house and... Uh, uh, being the only man living under the roof, I had to I had to do what I had to do, uh, but uh, yeah, I loved I loved the way that they kind of competed with each other. Uh, yeah, this was another really fun one. Number three, I said the number three was Bitsy's breakup, which I think that consistently we rank pretty highly. We feel pretty highly about the episodes where Bitsy and Buster have family issues, let's say, but basically have to get over something as a family, and their status as a single-parent family is kind of talked about, and this is part of that. It's all about Buster's feelings about uh, Harry no longer being part of his life, and kind of losing that father figure again, and it can get pretty, not heavy, but it's it's something that a lot of people, I think, deal with even at older ages. It's funny, uh, not maybe not funny. Uh, but you know, in 2003, it would be a couple of years later that my own parents would divorce and not necessarily that I looked to episodes of Arthur like this, but in retrospect, it's funny how that, again, I say it's funny because I don't know, <laughs> it's notable that let's go with that. It's notable that, uh, this episode happens so, uh, soon compared to that and how a lot of kids go through that at much younger ages and I think this was a really good way to speak to them about that. And uh, it was also an entertaining episode. I'll miss seeing Harry around. And uh, yeah, I am. I was very glad to see them get the spotlight. Bust, Buster and, and Bitsy get the spotlight again. and it's a, And it's a good episode. Number two, it's going to be Postcards from Buster. Now, I was kind of dreading this a little bit just because I never had any interest in Postcards from Buster as a kid. But watching this episode, I was like, no, actually, I'm more likely to watch a Postcards from Buster episode now more than ever. I really liked the format of it. Now, the lead up to it in the first part of the episode was kind of meh. But again, Buster and Bitsy, I liked it and I understood where it was coming from. But the entire portion of the episode that's like the backdoor pilot to postcards from Buster, I really enjoyed. Uh, I thought that the live action footage is really novel and uh, a cool way to kind of get it into get the location travelogue part of the show in, into it naturally and I would really like to see more of this I thought the people that Buster met were, were really cool like Dr. De La Vega and it made me want to go back to New York I haven't been since I was around 12 or 13 I think it was uh, around the same time so love to go back there someday and this uh, inspired me I would love to watch more of the show I would love to do more traveling and yeah I thought this was a really terrific pitch for Postcards from Buster kind of makes me wish that I watched, watched it when I was a kid, but I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have appreciated it as I would right now. So, very good. I really enjoyed that one. And number one, I had to do it to him. It's bleep. Uh, I mean, just talking about it with Lucas recently on the podcast, this episode is so entertaining, and it's just it's just fun, and it's fun knee. And uh, I love it when, uh, Arthur, it can be enjoyed by people of all ages. I also really appreciated that they took on this topic that I feel like a lot of kids' shows don't talk about. And as Lucas said in our podcast, it really is hard to put home the message that swearing is not good when you have to like indulge in it in order to kind of illustrate that. But the point is is that they tried and I think it's incredibly memorable. I think this is one of the ones that Arthur fans remember very very well and this is a great opportunity to at least try and talk about that in a way that's relatively safe and other than that it's just super super funny. Uh so that's the one that I think I remember the most and I appreciate the most. So out of all of season 8, that's going to be my number 1. I imagine it's probably high up on Lucas's as well, but we'll have to uh, wait and see when I edit this episode. Speaking of this episode, that's going to bring it to an end. wanted to keep it a little short because uh, around this time, there's a lot of podcasts that I listen to that are putting out like several hour epics daily. Oh, it's game of the year time. It's like here's our Christmas content. It's like three hours so you don't have to, you know, listen to your family. I'm just like, oh, I, have, I don't have the time. I'm trying to relax here. So I wanted to keep this pretty short. Um, thank you, everybody, for a great 2019 Elwood City Limits 2020 Uh, We're going to be tackling Season 9 and beyond, of course. I'm hoping to finally get another uh, mixed-media project off the ground, but uh, we'll have to wait and see as my uh, work situation kind of uh, evolves and shifts and creates new opportunities. And... uh, Lucas and I, we're going to be keeping going on with uh, every two weeks, and so I imagine that we're going to be back not the first week of January, probably going to try for the second. I also have a guest appearance coming up on a podcast that I will be advertising on our social media, most likely our Twitter. Uh, So I'm going to be, in early January, I'm going to be on an episode of a podcast run by a friend of mine called The Feminist Critique. And we are going to be talking about the film Happy Gilmore, which is one of my uh, favorite comedies and or is it? Hmm. I had a great time talking about it with them, and you can follow them at Feminist Pod on Twitter. It's a great, it's a great discussion. We had a lot of fun, and I hope that you listen to it. And uh, speaking of bleep, I also swear a bit in that, so be careful. Don't don't listen with your parents. All right. So from myself and Lucas here at Elwood City Limits, we wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, a Happy Holiday, and just a good time in general. And thank you for making us part of your life. For uh, for 2019, and we really hope that you uh, uh, keep it up, that you stick around, uh, and I would also be remiss, uh, all, almost forgot, I will admit that, but uh, one more time, being in 2019. This year, uh, so many of you decided to become patrons, and I want to take the opportunity to say thank you to everyone who pledged at one time or another. Uh, that was really great of you. You didn't have to do that. And you are under no obligation to continue, but we appreciate it all the same. And that is going to go for our current patrons as I look at them. Aaron DeFilippo and Alex, Caitlin Harrington, Chandler LeFevre Bowton, Christine Wong, Sierra S, Dan Mike Dawson Silva, Emily K, Froppy, Ian Collis, Jake Bailey, Joe Sue, John DeLong, John Griswold, Kat, Kaylin Krogel. Kevin Noon, Kristen, Leanne S, Light Relentless, Macy Ball, Michaela Gibson, Rachel Pearson, uh, Riley Stevens, Shayna Bennett, Stella, Teresa, and William. And uh, looks like I'm happy because I don't have to see the Sonic the Hedgehog movie unless you guys change that. Grrr. Don't give me money. You know what I'm saying. All right, everybody, I'm gonna get out of your hair. Uh, go enjoy time with your family, or if not, enjoy time with your friends, or if not, enjoy time by yourself. What, however you're doing it, we hope you're you. We hope that you're well uh, this holiday season, and we will see you in the new year.